This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 419 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and TotalSaddleFit.com. This week, we will continue to dissect the movement series with Judge Allison Bambury talking about the halt. And in the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we tackle a listener question about bending. Scoffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. For a That's boat. right. Happy Reese has been here for three months. Five years later, it's still three months. It's still three months. <laughs> This is the longest three months I've ever had. May 31st, 2012. Wow. It really does go fast. Five years goes fast. Most of the time, Glenn. Most of the time. Yes. It don't go fast if you're having fun. Exactly. Yes. Five years. I mean, really. I I did not believe you when you told me before we started the show that it had been five years. I thought, there's no way in hell she's been here five years. Yes. (laughs) Just, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't know where I am on the co-host list. Phil, you're not far behind me. Well, I did Let's look at that me. too because. Did you? <laughs> but for those that don't remember or who weren't around uh, for the Dressage Radio Show five years ago, uh, we had a previous host who uh, left, and then I needed one quickly. And Reese was a friend from Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky, and I we got to be friends in an odd way too. We won't go into that, but um, I don't even. Actually- Remember well, Jennifer that. came oh. to a, a, a talk you did, and she was so impressed with you. She said, "There's this girl <laughs> so impressive. She's in dressage, and and most, you know, she just said you just got to meet her sometime." And I think we did. We went over and met you or something. Went to dinner or something, and then yeah, uh, like- we got to know you. And then all of a sudden, I needed a dressage host, and I called Reese and I begged because she said no. And I just begged, and I said, stay for three months. I'll find someone else. And in the back of my (laughs) mind, thinking, maybe she'll just keep doing it, and I won't have to find someone else. (laughs) And I could just appeal to her, you know, sense of something. And then then you started, and I co-hosted with you for the first couple of weeks, because we had no one else. Yeah, we didn't have anyone else. We had a few. We tried a few people, but... Yeah, nothing, there was Phil. Yeah, nothing clicked. And then you said there's this Phil guy from Canada. I met him somewhere. And, um, well, you know, he, he might be all right. Yeah. He might be all right. And He'd actually, right. I thought it was more than a month till Phil came on the first time, but it was not. He was he came on. You started in episode 157 on May 31st. He started on 160 on June 21st. So it was three weeks. Yeah. Okay, there, there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's gonna Phil in three weeks. You get the song too. You get the special song. I no, I really. It's been fantastic. Yeah, that'd be the Flintstones. Actually, no. It's been really, really, really fun. And um, I think we could all say the show has taken us places that we never thought we would go and do things that I mean, I Philip and I obviously we're trainers. We're not radio co-hosts, but I think after five years, you can say you're a radio co-host. Well, you know, uh, I, we I gotta tell time, you this right? though. I gotta tell you this. Uh, to be honest. And I don't think that Reese would have lasted more than three months had it not been for Philip being here. No, no way. No, it's our friendship that yeah. kept yeah. us doing this, actually. 
Yeah. Yep. She would have told me to go pound sand eventually. Uh, <laughs> it's <yeah>. true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And, and Phil and I have become really good friends. And, and uh, our, our my husband and his wife are um, also really good friends. And we really are friends outside of what we do. We are colleagues. We talk all the time. And I don't talk like on our week off. I call Phil because I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to you in a, a week. Chat. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, this is what's going on with the so horses. So it's just become a bit of a habit rather more than anything else. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> a habit. The show is what a habit. But yeah. you know what? No. You guys, and I, I couldn't say this years ago, but since we had the auditors, you guys get a raise every month. I know. It's yeah, pretty so awesome. Nice. We love it. <laughs> I so appreciate it. Yeah. You it's, love it, so it's true because the auditors do contribute and, and uh, all our full-time hosts, well, there's about six of you, I think. Um, we call them full-time hosts. They're shows we own. And on those shows, we split half the auditor money. And every month, that auditor pot goes up. So you really do get a raise every month. It's wonderful. It's yeah. great. We it, love it. It really audience. is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, is cool. it's part of the reason we keep doing it as well. You know, there is a little of that financial incentive and I love earning the greenbacks nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, <laughs> you want money. Oh yeah. It's working out it. good for I you get a bit right of a raise now, right? Regardless because of the exchange rate. So <laughs> you get a rate, you get a raise anyway of about 30% every month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's perfect. No, but it really is. It's such a cool family and we have such great listeners that, you know, we see and, you know, we have people visit us like Rhonda came to visit me a couple of weeks ago at the farm and it's just really become such a cool part of our lives and and Glenn you've done such a good great cool job making the horse radio know what it is and where it's going it's I'm just good at I begging Reese never, I'm just good at begging That's hey all. whatever it takes <laughs> I would never have said you know what I'm saying five years ago I literally thought oh my god well, Glenn's you know, crazy. You started, we probably had seven, six or seven hosts when you started. And now total, if you count all the ones that do monthly shows and all of that, we're up to 32. Jeez. And how many, how many people listen to the Horse Radio Network now, Glenn? We're we're approaching 150,000 total with all the different shows. So, you know, that wasn't that way back then either, you know? No, (laughs) no, it was not. Uh, It's uh, grown. We didn't have very many listeners. And you know what's so exciting? is podcasting is just now all these years later taking off. So yeah. we have nothing but growth ahead of us. You know, that's yeah. what's so exciting. And then maybe you will get a raise even from me at some point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. We really, well, really, it yeah, is. And we appreciate all of our sponsors who have sponsored the show, you know, over the years. And, and, uh, I think our first, the first time I was on, it was Kentucky performance products and it's still Kentucky performance products. And Total Saddle Fit joined us uh, a couple of years ago, and they've been a great sponsor, really solid every month. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, that's just cool. a whole great family. Now, yeah. I'm looking back that. at Reese, your first episode, there were no guests. It was just you and I kind of talking about Ooh, what's going to happen. So rough, yeah. guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Introducing sure. you. And then, what well, your first episode, Philip, do you remember who the guests were? I have no idea. I try not to think about that very often. Yeah, we have to look it up. <laughs> I can tell you, Jim Wolf, uh, USEF executive director, uh, was on. Missy Ranshausen and Rebecca Hart from the Para side oh, were on. Okay. So yeah. We'll have to get that whole group back on. That's really fun. Yeah, Missy, yeah. and of course, Missy and Rebecca have been guests on on all of our shows over the years. So, uh, very cool. Very cool. Well, oh, congratulations, oh. Reese. Thank you so much for sticking it out longer <laughs> than three months because Philip wasn't going to hang out without you either. So, I mean, no, I, no, for sure not. No. And nobody <laughs> wants to hear me talking about dressage for five years. So, there we go. <laughs> 
Thank you all our listeners. As always, we love you guys and keep all the interaction coming. We really, really enjoy it. And it's really become part of why we we do this every week. There's one thing that's changed, though, and I I wanted to point this out to you guys. And I don't know, longtime listeners will appreciate this, is the show has changed. You got the, the content you had back then, and it's become much more of an educational show. And and I think in many ways, a better show because of that. Um, we don't have a whole lot of shows on the network that are as educational and get in depth as on topics as you guys do. So it really makes you unique in the network. And I really think it's found an identity over the years. Well, we, we love, I mean, Philip and I are, this is what we do all day long. And, um, what's fun about it is we get to step back. Also, you know, we learn things on the show every week, uh, and, and things that will help us in our jobs and bounce ideas. You can hear us and as the show goes, like, you know, you'll hear later in this show, we talk, we have a trainer uh, tip about a young horse and I have a very similar problem with my young horse. And so, you know, it's fun. We, we really do this. This is our, this is our full-time job, um, as trainers. So, uh, we made it that way. Way because that's what we're we're good at and philip that's and I all we know yeah that's what we know we and we're teachers. The, all we know yep. right that's all we can bring to the show is, yep. well you know, and, uh, and there's something we don't announce in this show very often if you have complaints about anything that's on the horse radio network send them to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com <laughs> put a <laughs> complaint in the subject line and i guarantee you nobody will ever read it so you can just send that right over. Oh. No, no, we've got. She does get them occasionally, and yeah. it's so funny because longtime listeners will send her complaints about stuff that's not even horse related or the show related, and then we'll read those on the air sometimes. So yeah, no, it's okay. good. We have, you know, I mean, you know, as everything when you start doing this, there's there's some people that like the old do you, things or do you don't know, like what you're doing. Do you know what the first review was we ever got on iTunes for for Stable Scoop, the first show we ever had? Nine years ago, um, the first review we got was the guy sounds like Kermit the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) We do, um, on those complaints, we do have a few sips of wine, or I do. So I don't know what the other guys are doing, but I'm having a little bit of wine on that. But, uh, no. You know, yeah. I thought if I could make Kermit's money, I'd be happy to be Kermit the Frog. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no I kidding. Can, I can change my voice for sure. But <laughs> well, thank um, you guys again for for all oh, for five it's years. It's fun going down five year memory lane. But we have a great show in store for everybody, and we're gonna we're continuing on our movements. We're about, I think, Phil. We're about done with our movements. We've really uh, yeah. If I yeah, if anybody wants to hear <laughs> you know anything else specific, you know, <laughs> let us know. But um it's been great it's been very enjoyable i've learned a lot through this series and uh and just you know discussing and breaking down all the movements to their you know minutiae i think uh and it's great it's been fun so we hope you enjoyed today we have the halt which sounds like it's going to be a short show, but it is not. So we hope you enjoy. Super complicated. (laughs) We have Canadian judge and trainer Allison Banbury on, and I hope you enjoy her first segment. Well, tonight we are super excited to have Allison Banbury. She is the owner of Hill Haven Stable. She rode on the Canadian three-day eventing team and is now uh, focused on dressage. And she is a basic level judge in Canada, which is similar to uh, Ma R in the United States. Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, what can I? I didn't get what years you rode on the Canadian team. Will you tell us? 
Oh, that was so long ago. Your listeners are probably, you know, weren't born then. Um, back in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> that's super cool. I was born. Philip was born. So okay. we, we were here. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Hey, going, get, riding on an Olympic team, we all dream of it. So well, shout I out with I, Yeah, no, honestly, I, I was on the, t- I was shortlisted, not the Olympics. So I, I almost made it, but (laughs) fantastic. I love it. Well, we're so happy to have you on the show and we are, we gave you the tough assignment tonight of, um, for our trainer and judges tip of the week. Uh, you know, we've been going through our listeners know we've been going through movements and we gave you the tricky one of halt. And we may also talk about a rain back. I know we're getting crazy tonight, but (laughs) (laughs) well, Allison tonight, we gave you the tricky, movement as we've been going through the movements of talking about um the halt and not just halt like you have to stop because you have to talk to your friend or you know hopefully not answer your cell phone but um you know you need to halt so talk to us a little bit about as you're sort of training a young horse or even an older horse you know what are some things you are looking for as you are training the movement of a halt an actual halt for the test well, I actually um, prepare the horse even in the ground um, in learning how to halt square because obviously that's our objective that the horse is always going to stand square. And uh, a lot of times it starts in the ground, particularly in a young horse when you're, um, you know, backing them and breaking them, that they learn to stand quietly at a halt at all times. Um, I also, every time there's an opportunity to halt, I make sure that the horse halts square and doesn't. Um, land onto their forehand and carries themselves quietly into the halt. And, you know, quite often as a trainer, I will often uh, stand my horse quietly while I help someone who's in the ring at the same time. So the horse learns to be very patient in the halt as well and not be wanting to move off and be prepared to do something when it learns to, needs to learn to just sit quietly um, standing there, you know. I do that too. I don't know about you, Phil, but there's some times where, you know, I'll have one that just does not want to stand still and I'll just happen to stay on him for the next lesson. It's just a bummer, you know, and I just make him stand there <laughs> until it's just a bummer. You know, I'm I'll, literally all I'm asking to do is stand and ideally square, which I thought was, Allison, a, a super great point is as you are, are training halts from the very beginning, you know, halts are, are at least 20 points per test, at least uh, you have a center line yeah. ending and a center line beginning, and you more than likely have a halt somewhere in the middle of your test. And exactly. so, you know, that's 30 points. I mean, that's a, that's a significant piece of training that I think yeah. people overlook. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm sure it's the same in Canada as, you know, as you're, you're developing, I think one of the things that people miss is that you can develop your halt, especially when you're on the center line on a young horse, you can come through the walk, correct? That's, that's something that's that you can of course. do. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we yes. use the same tests as America, but anyone who's <laughs> okay, not in Bill. North America would have different tests, but, uh, and we know the eventers maybe only have one halt in their test in the early ones. Yes. But, um. You know, I think it, well, it, like you said, it's level. so important. Yeah. And yeah. and we're talking about, you know, the halt really shows one of the most important qualities in training a horse in the relaxation. I mean, if your horse doesn't stop and, you know, is willing to stand there for a moment or two, then you're not training with relaxation. And then you're going to end up with all kinds of problems in everywhere else in your test because the horse is, is uh, you know, if they're not relaxed, they're basically untrainable. So... 
Um, you know, for me, when I'm backing horses, I, I cheat. I use sugar and I have them stand there and they can chew on some sugar. And, you know, I want to be really nice to them because they have trouble keeping their attention at three years old and, and four years old. So, okay, yeah, they can have a bit of a treat. And then, you know, again, the, you're developing the relaxation, the trust factors. And, you know, you're not only training for dressage, you're training for nice, quiet horses that are rideable for anybody. And, and I think that's, you know, and, and that's really... I think the more most important thing, and then as you develop, start developing towards having to halt on the center line, you know, you're just returning to something that they already know and they already are comfortable with. So I think that's a, a really important thing to think about. So we gave Allison a really tricky movement, but it's you know just really basics of training horses, not just training dressage. That's great. Well, and one of the things that, you know, I forget who told me this, but, you know, one of the basic things that a dressage horse has to do is stop and go. And you, yeah. you think about that and, and you think, well, it sounds so simple, but it's actually quite, can be quite challenging to get a horse to stop, stand still, especially when you salute and you're at a horse show. You know, I, I yep. we've all been there. I mean, what are some tips you guys for when you halt and you have the llama head, I mean, that happens all the time. You, you're at a show, you're on a young horse or, you know, and you stop and then you're like, you go to salute and your horse throws its head up and you're like, oh boy, this isn't good. <laughs> Especially when it's a start, it doesn't start well the right way when that right, happens. Right, right. You're like, oh, this is a bad start. So what are some strategies that you guys have that we could, you know, going in from the trainer's perspective, uh, because obviously we know from the judging perspective, you're going to get not a friendly comment on that or maybe a friendly comment and bad score but what would you what would you say for a strategy um what i find with uh, a lot of riders when their horse does such a thing which happens as you know all the time um <laughs> is they tend to take their legs and hands off the horse and just you know cross their fingers that everything works out all right when in actual fact a lot of times what the riders need to do is to sit down and put their leg on and and give the horse the confidence it needs that it's okay everything's okay. You know, you may be looking at whatever is around you, but the horse has to have that, like Phil was alluding to too, the basics from at home that all of this is okay and have the confidence in the rider and trust them um, that, that they can tell them that everything is good and not to be concerned about it. And, you know, if you start panicking and allowing the horse to wheel around, then you have a, a whole other issue in your hands, which as we all know, does happen from time to time, but you try and have the basics from home be able to be carried through into the show ring. And, yeah, I'm so, yeah, know, I'm again, so glad you brought up that point. Yeah, yeah, because what people forget, I mean, we talk here about three-year-olds and, you know, relaxation and all these things, but I think as you move up towards first level, you know, training level, first level, you know, the halt becomes an active movement. So, you know, to be able to create square halts or, or halts that have the horse's attention, you have to have the aids on. It's not halt and stop and take your hands, you know, just throw the reins away or, or you know, I think the, the, the rider, um, you know, needs to be active in the halt so the horse understands that they're ready to do the next thing or that you can maintain their, their attention. And I think, you know, you have to ride um, actively into the halt with your legs on and then don't take your legs off. Right? Yes. Because the horse has to be still there, ready. They have to have their back up and be ready to step off into trot, um, you know, and, and go to the next movement. So if you just throw the reins away and, and, and slump in the saddle and take your legs off, well, it's not going to be a very good halt at all. And it's not very good training for the horse. So any, any thoughts on that, uh, Allison? 
Oh, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And I think that um, people have a tendency to think of a halt as a, um, a downward movement and forget to ride forward to that movement as well. So obviously in order to get the horse to be square and ride forward into the halt, you have to have your legs on. And that I, I truly believe that your leg is also confidence for the horse um, to, to know that everything is okay in a tricky situation like a green horse in a first horse show or, or even a, a nervous rider in their first, first horse show that, you know, don't take your legs off just because you're in the show ring and you want to look pretty. You have to actually be effective when you ride and ride the same as you do at home. So all of the things you do at home are so important to be carried through into the show ring as well. Yeah, no, and I love that. And and talk to me a little bit about, you know, I I kind of use the halt or view the halt as sort of my mirror to actually what's happening in a half halt. You know, if I can't get someone to stop, you know what I mean? So can you you talk a little bit about that statement? I mean, I think it's really important to think about that. Well, I think the half halt is the preparation for any movement upward or downward. So the, um, you know, we're within a gate. um, And so it's very important for that half halt to be part and parcel of the actual halt. And, you know, the misnomer would be a half halt means taking with your reins. um, Because a halt might mean pulling on the reins to ask the horse to stop when in fact you should be doing the opposite and riding from the back to the front, pushing the horse forward to your hand into the halt slightly different than a half halt but the same mechanics so the horse rides up forward uphill into the halt and not downhill into the halt same as a half halt does that make sense (laughs) absolutely yeah no absolutely and i completely agree with you and i think it's something that you need to this is you're going to be tested on this forever uh and so i think it's a it's a perfect it's a perfect thing. So as you go through, I mean, what are some other things that you do for halts? I mean, in, in first three, you do it on the center line. Um, you know, it's all over. So where, where do you train your halts? Um, I tend to train it on the center line with the younger horses and the, um, you know, um, younger riders and more novice riders. Um, first of all, people have a tendency to override their center lines um, and then they get you know, a little bit serpentiny thing happening as they go up center line. Yes. They think they have to overcorrect. Oh, he's drifting left. I got to push him that way. He's drifting right. I got to push him that way. And then, the, then they end up with a serpentine and then their halts don't end up very square either because they've got one leg than the other, than the other sort of asking the horse to go all over the place. So the horse is a little bit confused as well as to what is expected of them to go up center line, because another time you might be going up center line and asking for that leg yield. So you have to be very clear, and I find the center line the easiest way to train a horse and a rider to get that halt um, and the feeling of going forward and straight into the halt. You use a wall, you have a tendency to have the horse leaning onto the wall, and it's a false sense of security for um, horse and rider to come into the halt on a wall. I mean, yes, you have to practice that, but, you know, sometimes it's at A, but obviously at A it's very clear to the judge how square you are too so yeah yeah as well but um i just my big thing is is very much that they ride the center lines very straight and very straight will bring you into a nice straight halt it may not you know always first go kick at the can will be you know square but you're at least riding them straight and forward into that halt so they don't end up you know um all messed up on center line 
and teaching the horse the balance as well, because balance is 90% of it, and the balance has to be on the hind end. So that's that's where I approach it from. And then riders are surprisingly, you know, if you have mirrors in your arena, it's very helpful as well, because you can watch yourself coming straight up a center line and how straight you are or not. <laughs> yes. So I find that's very useful tool for people to, to understand what it looks like as well as performing it. And they start to feel what they see and understand because it's very difficult for a rider to really understand what it is a judge sees unless they, you know, take the opportunity to describe or, um, take up a judging course and see what it's like from the other side of the little white fence. So it's very apparent if you're not straight coming up that center line into your halt. And mm-hmm. people don't realize how, how important that is. And that's just basic training at home, I find. So let, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, this is one of the biggest questions we get on uh, for our show on the Horse Radio Network. How do I make my horse halt straight? So let's maybe we can talk first about how do we, what, what do we not do? You know, how what could be causing uh, a crooked halt or or a, or a halt with a high, one hind leg back or a front leg forward or you know all these problems? You know, what do we not want to be doing? And then you know, what do we want to be doing to help generate? I think it was a good tip to have mirrors or have some way to uh, to to get some feedback on each halt that you do, so you can feel like what it's like to be straight. But what else? What what else should we be talking about? Um, I think that. You know, the, the big, the big important factor in my mind in preparing for the halt is riding forward into it. People have a tendency to um, think of stopping the horse's front end to get their halt. That, in a lot of cases, means that they're falling onto their forehand and will not be square, um, won't necessarily affect affect straightness depending on how it's ridden into but the big thing is is as you guys alluded to earlier is the half halt um and the importance of the half halt in preparing for that halt and even at times you can ask a rider as a trainer i will ask a rider to um so using the center line as an example, be trotting along, do a half halt, almost walk, and then send the horse forward again on the trot. So they learn how to use their seat and their leg for the transition downward, but thinking more forward so that the horse can learn to carry itself into that halt transition. So when they come to actually asking for the halt, they've done the preparation of the half halt leg on, pushing them into the hand, and then just sitting a little bit deeper for the actual halt itself. And what we alluded to earlier as well is keeping the leg on into that halt, because if you take it off, then you're, you're definitely not going to have the horse carrying themselves upwards into the halt and getting them square is a, you know, a bit of a different situation um, because, you know, some horses do have a tendency as we probably, everyone knows, leave a hind leg behind. Um, And again, riding them more forward into that halt using those half halts is, to me, the best preparation um, to get the horse to get as square as you possibly can. And obviously, it gets easier with their level of training and the strength that they develop to carry themselves into that square halt. Again, yeah, I do a uh, lot of that work in hand. Yeah, yeah, that's that's you know? uh, a good tip. The other thing that I try and tell people that sometimes helps them is that the halt, the, when you make a halt, I try and get the front legs to stop first. And then the back leg to make a half a step so that the, the, the legs become more square, right? So what happens when you pull the horse, then, you know, maybe the horse will stop the back legs first. I, I always think, like, finish the halt, 
from the you know from the back end so that the horse always yeah. thinks about stepping under and then you're more yes. likely to get um to get a, a more square halt but if the horse stops the back leg first the halt will never ever be square because you're not pushing the horse to the halt right so right. you know i think more yeah. about you know using the reins as a resisting aid and then driving the horse towards the resistance and seeing if you can you know and again a visual helps you to figure out you know is is the back legs finishing the halt or or is it are they starting the halt so i mean all kinds of different different ideas and different tips can can help you and then like always you know dressage is about practice and you know the more you practice it the better it'll get some horses can be quite nervous and you don't want to be doing a half an hour of halt go halt go mm-hmm. but you can certainly do break it up into five minute you know segments of you know do some halts Okay, do something else, like yield, whatever you're working on, circles, bending, you know, all these other things. Come back to the halt. Okay, see if you've improved it. Um, you know, do something else again and then finish the ride with some halting work. You know, or like you said, get off. You can do some halting work on the ground. You know, uh, you know, just different strategies depending on, you know, every horse is a little bit different and needs a little bit different, you know, tweak on the education to help it learn best. Love it. Well, Allison, thank you so much for keeping on the trainer hat. Right after this commercial break, we're going to come back and change hats and go to how do you judge halts at the horse show. Okay. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats. And it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. back with Allison Banbury and we're ready to talk about judging the halt and this is my I'm not so good with this judging cap Allison so I'm ready to hear when you start (laughs) thinking about judging halts what are some things you know starting let's say at training level or introductory level um, what are some things you're looking for as we're going to the halt well the riders have to remember that that's the first impression um, that the judge gets of them as they come into the ring. You know, granted, we do see them trot around the outside of the ring, but we're not judging them at that point. So to me, it's very important that the um, rider comes in very confidently um, forward, straight, 
um, on the center line, not five meters either side of center line. And they um, prepare for the halt and it's, you know, it's clear um, halt. And the lower levels, obviously, you're allowed uh, two to four walk steps, which I have absolutely no problem with. And I encourage people as in my instructor hat on to do so if their horse isn't able to halt, you know, correctly from the trot. Um, and at sea, when you're sitting at sea as a judge, um, it's pretty easy to see the front legs being square. Sometimes you can be a little bit deceived by what the hind legs are doing, but when there's a judge at E or B, then they can cover off on that area, which is why as a rider, you will see differences in scores for the same movement because it does look different from a different perspective. Um, and that the horse is immobile for the time that the rider is saluting and that the rider is patient in the preparation of their transition away from the halt as well. So coming into the halt and coming away from the halt are also an integral part of the movement. And in most tests, they're part of the score as well. So what are some mistakes we see in these early on tests that people do that you see kind of commonly and that, you know, are not really necessary, you know? The most common is uh, not to be accurate on center line. Um, That's probably the big thing that I see. Um, the drifting, uh, from one side to the other up center line as well, you know, again, you know, going back to my trainer hat where I make sure that people ride straight up the center line. It's very, very obvious from sitting in the judge's booth when you're at sea that the rider is not straight. Um, it's, so that is probably the biggest thing I see. The transition away from the halt is often, um, you know, they'll drift left to turn right, they'll drift right to turn left, and you have to be very accurate on all of that whole line is, as I say, generally, I'd have to look at some of the tests, but most of them, that's an entire mark. So the halt is an integral part of that, but the preparation to the halt and the transition away from the halt are also an integral part of the entire movement. The horse being square is very important as well. But as I say, you know, from the judge's perspective, if you've ridden forward into the halt, they generally be square, at least in front. I'm not a judge, but I see one of my most common peeves about watching riders ride into that arena and do their first center line. And, you know, I probably also did it. And, you know, you see a lot of hand fussing to try and make the horse straight. That if they, you know, if the riders realize if they just rode their horse more forward, the momentum of the horse will carry you straighter rather than, you know, um, micromanaging the bit, you know, and, and the neck wiggling back and forth and, you know, and that kind of thing. So is, is that something that that's not just me watching, you know, on, on a show day? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> 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 Definitely not. And the, you know, and the hand coming into the halt and, and, you know, that a lot of that, fussiness of the rider um, leaves the horse to be fussy in the halt as well. You know, you said earlier, Reese, about the horse throwing his head up in the air and doing their llama thing. And that can come too from the lack of relaxation on the part of the rider. And I understand that because you're coming into a show situation and you're a little bit nervous and you may be not, you know, as relaxed as you would normally be at home, but you have to take what you've learned at home and put it into the ring and try and encourage the horse to stay really calm as well otherwise your halt won't be immobile and i see that quite often too where people are 
not able to keep their horse quiet and then just shoot off because they got to get out of there. But um, which I understand too. But <laughs> obviously, you're throwing <laughs> we've, away good. We've marks done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so we've all done it. <laughs> You're like, well, well, I kind of halted. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so as we go pa- kind of past the introductory levels and we go sort of into first level and second level where the halts actually become part of the test along with the entry and exit halts, what are some things that you look for as a judge in those movements? Um, so, for example, where you have a halt at A and proceed at working trot or walk or something. Um, again, a lot of those are at A where, you know, a judge sitting at C, it's very easy for them to see um, if the horse is square. Um, you want to look for the accuracy of where they've halted so that the horse's shoulder is at A, not the horse's nose and not the horse's tail, um, and that they are centered, you know, that way at A. The horse is not... Um, for lack of a better word, gronking into the halt where they fall mm-hmm. forward into the, the, the front end and um, that they ride, you know, a nice balanced transition into the halt. And generally, you know, there'll be immobility there. And sometimes they will be asked from that halt to do a rein back. But the biggest thing is to try and be patient as a rider to, you know, adhere to that immobility aspect as well um, as keeping them nice and square and that immobility and the balance uphill if you have a rain back afterwards is very important to be successful as well in your rain back so So, uh, a little bit score wise you know if you see a nice halt that doesn't have you know the three seconds of immobility how much does that affect the score it would entirely depend on, on um, you know, if, if it's a nice halt and the horse re- looks relaxed, but I think the rider forgot to count to, you know, I always say count 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Um, if they forgot, you know, after 2,000 and moved off, I probably wouldn't drastically um, penalize them for that um, yeah. because it's the quality yeah. of the halt that's important more than anything else. And the horse standing square and relaxed, and if it just looks like a rider error, then it's just... You know, I would just probably comment to that effect as opposed to really drastically affecting the marks. And what about a what about a halt that sort of shuffles and rehalts? You know, what? yeah, those um, those halts would be more affected by marks um, because what it shows is the you know, oftentimes that's the horse the the rider gives too big an aid and the horse halts too soon and then they send them forward again because they realize they're too far away from their, you know, destination. Um, so yeah. they fuss around <laughs> yeah. a little bit. So that's the micromanaging aspect again of the rider. So I'd probably be more likely to ding them on that and make a comment to that effect um, as well. <clears throat> and, and, you know, it's probably more of an accuracy issue than anything else. When I've seen those, I could be wrong, but you know, if I'm understanding what you're talking about, Phil, I, I would consider that more of an accuracy issue than a, you know, again, it could be a horse is is shuffling into the halt because it isn't balanced enough. And then I would deduct marks for lack of balance. If it's, you know, sort of wandering into, you know, I've used that term before too, wandered into halt when, you know, they've just kind of shuffled into it. And then I don't usually give them a great mark for that. No. Man, you judges are tough. I know you guys are hard. 
standard. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, not no. You're you're keeping a standard, and that's really important. Yeah. So that's a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show. Who knew we could get a whole show on halts, but we did. I know. <laughs> I know it's amazing. So if our listeners were looking forward to finding you online, how would they do that? Um, we have a Facebook page, which is Hillhaven Stable. And we also have a website. It's not as current as it should be, unfortunately, but uh, all under the hill. Pretty common. That's pretty yeah, common I, for us <laughs> people. No, I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just you tend to, you know, I, I quite honestly have been updating my Facebook page probably more than the website. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Allison, thank you so much for your time tonight. And uh, I hope to see you in Canada. I hope so, too. You'll have to come visit us, Reese. Love it. <laughs> This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we have a great question from a Horse Radio Network auditor. And uh, the auditor program is uh, is a lot of fun. They have a very, very active Facebook page. Uh, and the auditor page helps keep the Horse Radio Network up and running and keep everybody active and involved. If you have any questions about the auditor page, you can go to dressageradio.com and you can see what's on the auditor page. So, Phil, what did we get for this week? All right. Well, we got a good tip. It's a bit of a tricky one. I have to warn you before we get started. No, but, I don't um, ever heard this. Oh. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, this is a, a question from an auditor. Like you said, I have a coming five-year-old horse who likes to fake his right bend. When he's on the right rein, he will bend nicely through the neck and body, but continues to look either straight ahead or to the outside. Uh, I can test this by asking him to turn partway down the long side, either tracking straight or shoulder in. And he's not being very responsive to the aids. How can I encourage him to look in the direction of Vend? Thanks. And then uh, this is good because uh, this is uh, our auditor and also was one of my students a few years ago uh, through the University of Guelph program when, when I was doing my coaching on the uh, IDA circuit, the Intercollegiate Dressage Association. So that's kind of cool. That's a bit of a throwback. Yay! That's, uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Well, Phil, do you want to go first or do you want me to tackle this? You, I asked the question and you answered the oh, question. Okay, okay. I go first. Oh. So I actually, funny enough, have a very similar issue with my horse, uh, with my five-year-old. Follow me. He does the, exactly the same thing. Uh, the right bend is the, the harder bend to get. And um, so I think it's a very common problem. This is not or shattering because every young horse is going to have one way they're going to bend easier than the other. Um, so I would suggest, and your which really helped me with my own horses is the turn on the forehand. Uh, I think this is a fantastic exercise um, for young horses, uh, especially helping them to learn how to use their body. Um, I always think of five year five year olds um, is like okay, you're five you need to be a grown up. That's sort of how I think in my mind, but they're really kind of moving toward middle school and uh, the questions are starting to get a little bit harder than when they're four. So for me, uh, this is a normal problem, but something that I like to work with a lot of bending work, turn on the forehand. I also like to introduce leg yielding. Um, 
depending on the coordination of your young horse, sometimes there are some young horses that are incredibly coordinated. Uh, and I don't know how your guy is, or uh, like my young horse who sometimes has no idea where his feet are and trips the entire day and just <laughs> cannot organize his body. Like he's like a teenager on the football field. Like he's just crashing into things. So, you know, sometimes when he's doing that, um, I can really feel the bend is even harder on those days. So that's again, why I like to bring in the turn in the forehand and my favorite exercise for this and really getting true bend through the body is on a 20 meter circle at the quarter line on the open side. So 20 meter circle, you're either at A or C, uh, do a transition to walk at the quarter line, a 360 turn on the forehand and then walk or trot out. And as you come out, you're starting to get the horse to bend through the body and bring the inside hind leg more under. Um, and that will help them because they're also on a circle line uh, to get a little bit more honest in the bending work. So that is also my personal struggle. So we can keep in touch about these personal struggles with the baby horses or middle-aged. Um, but that's one of the things that I do. I also think the leg yield can really help with that. So uh, Phil, those are my words of wisdom. How about you? What do you have to add? This is a really tricky problem, I think. Um, it tends to happen in horses, you know, I think with a little bit shorter necks. I think when they have a longer neck, it's easier. It's, I think it's about, you know, if I can, if I'm, you know, getting this picture in my head right, it's about um, kind of bend in the jawline, you know, and in the pole a little bit. And that could be a tough place because, I mean, you can't just reach around and, you know, grab the nose and, and you know, pull their head a little bit where you want it. It's about overall balance, like you were saying. There's a, and there's a ton of movements that, that will definitely help with this. Um, for me, I like to tackle this problem a little bit, you know, by teaching the horse a little shoulder in. And I think through the question, we can can assume that you, you've been working a little bit on shoulder in, so that's great. And But introducing the Romvair so that you get a little bit more control of the horse's uh, in the in the jawline and in the in the pole area, so that you can bend, um, you know, in and out, and and figure out how to how to get this kind of all the the bend all the way through the horse from his pole to his tail. Um, you know, uh, any bending ex exercise is, mm -hmm. is a good one, and and they can help not only to fix problems but also diagnose problems. You know, if you can if you do a, a leg yield and you, you feel like the horse turns his um, knows too much one way or not, not enough the other way, you, you know, you leg yield and you bend, uh, you try and bend the horse into the direction of movement a little bit, um, and then away. And, and, you know, I think it's just about being able to manipulate the bend a little bit to, to get what you want, because if you spend the whole time, uh, you know, on the right rein, trying to bend right the whole time, that might not work. Like try, try to, you know, be on the right rein and bend a little left on it and then go to the left rein and try and bend a little bit right so that, you know, you're well, bending, counter bending, and using lots of different flexions. And Phil, That's, what do you think about the outside rein there? I mean, because I'm sort of dealing with this problem too. You know, I yeah, really I have to it, watch. It, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with you know, with the outside rein. So, yeah. Um, you know, again, with the leg yields, you know, I might try just in, you know, if it's a young horse, just in walk by, you know, leg yielding a little bit this way, uh, you know, in in one direction, and then changing the bend, and then starting the leg yield in the other direction, but changing the bend first. So that's, that's something I like to do. You don't have to go, you know, 10 strides over, 10 strides back, just, you know, two strides over, two strides back, you know, um, it's, yeah, again, it's about, you know, the problem is the connection between your inside leg and the outside rein. So you have to kind of work it out 
both ways. And, and I think if you do that, that you can have the horse overall better because yeah. I think this is not just a right bend problem. I think there's there, you know, if I were to have this horse in the lesson, I think I could figure out that there are bending issues in both directions. So that's, that's just my intuition a little bit talking there, but um, yeah, and just balance overall. Right. So well, and I think that that's, I mean, and you ride a lot more young horses than I do, Phil, but I think that's um, a pretty common thing with, with a horse that age, you know, uh, at least with my own, he, you know, he's learning his own balance and his own body and how it works and that kind of thing. And so some days, like I said, we're super coordinated. We got it. And then other days I come out and I'm like, oh my God, like, dude, get your legs underneath yourself, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. you know, I, mean, I, I think... think the- yeah, through education, you get better. Yeah. That's that's just it. And again, don't just focus on one problem and think that that's the be all and end all just because that's the easiest one to figure out. Like, yeah, it sounds like, okay, yeah, I, I got it figured out. I, my horse doesn't bend to the right very well. But there can be a whole lot of contributing factors to that problem. Um, and the younger the horse is, the the, the more I can say that, right? Um, sure. Yeah, because if you've been successful in training up to, you know, a six-year-old or a seven-year-old and and you can do everything except this one thing, then you're fine. But with a young horse, you can't do a whole lot of anything at all, you know, leg yeah. heel, shoulder in, whatever. So there there can be a lot of just overall stuff that's going on that um, that you have to figure out. And so that's why I'm saying don't just focus on one thing, you know, cross-train, do lots of other things, and overall the horse can get better and and, and then maybe, you know, in a, a year or two years from now, you want to really focus on that right bend. I think you can have more tools to be able to do that. But right now, you, you have, you're kind of stuck with no tools. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, what, what do you do? You just kind of move on and say, I'm going to pay attention to that. That's, you know, in my mind over here. But over here, we got to get a lot of other stuff done, you know, and transitions and, you know, everything we talk about every week. So I think it's easy to kind of get stuck on that one issue and then try and fix that thing every day that you ride. And, and, and overall the horse is not going to get better. So yeah, try and build tools, try and build, you know, things that can diagnose the problem better. And then you can say, you know, Oh, I got it. I know exactly what's going on. I can put my finger on it and now I can solve it a lot better. Yep. Fantastic. I think I guess we, a little bit of guesswork here, you know, it's always great. If anybody wants to send us a video to see, to kind of see what's, we can figure out better what's going on. We're happy to we're happy to help in the training if if we can at all, right? So, um, yeah, that's you know, just keep sending yeah, questions, keep sending us stuff. We love it. It's great. We've got a bunch today from the auditor page that we're gonna try and tackle over the next little while. That's awesome because uh, you know, uh, Reese and I kind of struggle with coming up with our tips every week. You know, we, <laughs> we try and think of the problems that people are having, but it's best if we can actually get the actual problems that our listeners are having. So that's great when they send us stuff. Well, Phil, I don't know how things are going with your Total Saddle Fit Gers that Justin from TotalSaddleFit.com sent us, but I love my Gers. Uh, it is getting hot and my boys are getting sweaty and I love them. Uh, Elon Court goes in the stretch tech girth and I love it for him. He has a tendency to be a little bit on the girthy side, a little bit cold backed. Uh, so that girth has been such a fantastic girth for me uh, and him. And I love that it has a nylon um, kind of cover over the girth so uh, as we did talk about before with Justin he almost died I like to just hose off the girths and (laughs) you can hose that baby down Uh, but also um, 
uh, Mikey, the baby horse, he goes in the normal total saddle fit girth and that fits him super well especially as he's growing and changing and things are uh yeah every day I think his hind legs are longer and his withers are lower or whatever every day I come in <laughs> so those girths have been absolutely fantastic for me how about you what are you up to with your girths well I think the whole range of products is awesome you know um depending on what you're doing what your budget what you think is going to work for your horse I think you have a whole range of of different choices there which is awesome um, they come in the traditional black and brown, which is, you know, if you, if your horse goes in brown tack, you can, the growth is going to go with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, with the heat now, I, the horses are in the, in the neoprene, uh, girth. That's really, that's really super handy. And, uh, actually right now we just had, uh, you know, my horse that just came over from Germany or the new one in training He's now been over for a month or so and we're training and and so i've got him actually in the shim fit saddle pack because he doesn't he doesn't have his own saddle yet we're training him he's four years old you know all this so um you know i i got i got the shim fit pad out right away and i'm like okay let's let's make you know i have you know i use a um a specific saddle for my for training you know for the young horses i have my it's an older kind of you know not not so great saddle until it's your they lazy earn. boy it's your lazy yeah, boy you're until, comfortable in it <laughs> until they earn their, the, you know, it's kind of a narrow for the narrow young horses. And so um, I have to shim it, you know, depending on the horse's shape and a little bit. So I'm really happy about having that product in my barn to be able to go ahead and just uh, and just do that and just figure out how we're going to make the saddle fit for right now. And a few months as he builds muscle and he gets ready, he can transition to having a properly fit uh, saddle that's just for him. So this is a really, really great product for me. I love it. And uh, along with all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, and Justin at Total Saddle Fit is fantastic about answering any questions that you may have. He's really, really good about that. So we love the products and we hope you guys like him as well. Well, everybody, we love the email and Facebook shout outs and the auditors. Big shout out to you guys on your Facebook page. Uh, we we do read those. We listen to those. We, we really try to get them on air. So we've got a bunch coming up in the next few weeks uh, that Phil and I are going to go with. And I hope everyone's enjoying the summertime and starting to get ready for your horse shows. And we wish you all the best of luck. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.